Cheers. Good morning, good afternoon, campers. Uh, 3.27 on Wednesday, July 27th. Oh, how about that? Do you make a wish on that? Um, welcome back to camp. Sorry I missed last week. I, um, You know what? I was going to do one. I was away at a wedding last week. Um, let's just get to a movie real quick, uh, and then I can explain myself. <laughs> um, that's not much I'm explaining. Uh, okay, so now, now that I'm not doing it, okay, so... Comet TV, the outer limits. Okay, so what is it like when three o'clock hits? Then then Comet does not play like a B movie. Wow, the People's Court. That show's still on. Um, let's keep going. The People's Court. Fuck. That's like those. These daytime shows just never end. Like shout out the endurance that these daytime shows. I mean, I don't. I don't think the People's Court is scripted, but a woman now hosts it. Um, cause in the eighties, it was all about that guy, judge Wapner. What is he doing now? Um, <laughs> let's get a movie here. I'll go down that fucking rabbit hole. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. AMC, AMC has been old reliable for me. Uh, they've been crushing lethal weapon lately. Uh, let's get to that. Armageddon. Hell yes. I love Armageddon. Um, I feel like this movie got a, a horrible reviews i feel like people hated armageddon am i wrong there um i was always more of a deep impact guy deep impact felt like the artier version i don't know if that was just because john favreau was in it but um it, it uh it it always i always liked deep impact it always felt like a better movie but then when I, cause I mean, deep impact, I like there's more emotion in deep impact, but then I rewatched Armageddon recently. And I mean, when Bruce Willis goes down into the asteroid, like forget about it, that, um, that, oh, it's, that's super emotional. Uh, I fucking, Armageddon's great. Shout out Armageddon. Um, but yeah, the people's court, it like that, like people's court soap operas, the Simpsons cops, which obviously uh, did not continue after all the shit that happened in the summer of 2020. Although I'm pretty sure like didn't like, like what's the concern? I don't like, I think Fox news actually picked up uh, <laughs> cops on their streaming platform. Big surprise. Um, I didn't think cops need, uh, I don't know the, the, the cops were having, it was a tough time to be a cop, but I mean that show God, God, I mean, it's crazy. I remember watching Cops in 1988 when I was like a kid growing up living in Syracuse. Um, and then The Simpsons, obviously. And then, yeah, The People's Court was on in the 80s. For all I know, that goes back to like the 70s. And then those fucking, those, um, those uh, soap operas. I mean, God damn it. Those, whoever created those things is just... I mean, that's how many homes do those people have? That's got to be. That's more than just a Malibu beach house. That's like, that's like a home in Switzerland. That daytime TV money, forget about it. Um, but you knew that was the, always the shitty thing when uh, when you stayed home sick from school. Like you had the Sports Center, and then you had the Prices Right. Uh, and by the way, Sports Center, like you had like because that thing starts at like five in the morning and reruns until noon. And I would always watch the reruns. That was when I discovered uh, Sports Center because I knew what the Price is Right was. But I or did I know what the Price is Right was? Because how would I have known what the Price is Right was unless I had stayed home sick from school? Because that shit wasn't on on the weekends. I guess I discovered all of them during. Yeah, I guess. Wow, that's crazy. That really is how you discover those shows when you're sick from school. Um, Cause I remember that first time I ever stayed home sick from school. The first time I ever stayed home sick from school was in maybe like 1988 or 89. Um, I think I remember, uh, Brandon had won a contest on the radio and he was up really late and he woke up the next morning and he was sick. But I remember, I, I forget what he won. He won a contest on the radio late at night. And then I remember staying up. I was like so jacked up <laughs> from him winning that, that I remember, because man, I must have gone to bed. Like when you're little, you go to bed at like <laughs> seven o'clock. So I must have gone to bed really early. But I remember I was in my bunk bed on the top bunk. And I, I remember I had like, I had three pillows. I had one in front of me, one to the right of me and one to the left. 
And I remember I stayed up like all, it was the latest I can ever remember staying up. I remember I was up super, super, super late pretending that I was a radio DJ and that the pillows were like my, my like soundboard. And I remember, I don't remember what I was saying, but I remember being up super late and then waking up the next morning, Brandon and I both woke up the next morning, like feeling awful because when you're little, I mean, when you're an adult and you get trash sleep, when you don't get enough sleep, I mean, you're, you're fucked. I mean, when you're little, cause you go to bed so early when you're little, why do you go to bed so early? Um, yeah, I remember that was what I was doing. I was up late pretending that I had my own radio show and I was up super late, felt like shit the next day and stayed home sick from school. And yeah, I remember watching VH1. I was all about watching VH1. And I remember it was, wow, memory lane. Um, I remember it was, I used to always watch Yeah, I used to always watch VH1. And there was this one Elton John uh, song that I remember. It, w- it was this, what was it? Um, it wasn't I'm Still Standing. Uh, it was, I used to fucking love VH1 when I was a kid. It's amazing how into adult contemporary I already was. Uh, I think I don't want to go on. Do, I don't want to go on with you like that. That's what it was. Um, I was always thinking about what that was, and then YouTube has made that a lot easier. Uh, I don't want to go on. It was this song. Great song. Um, so this is how I discovered Elton John. Although even when I see it as a kid, I still didn't know like really who Elton John was. Like this to me, like this was this was, this might have well have been like. Like he was like a new artist, like I didn't know. Um, yeah, I remember that. That was a video, and then Pink Floyd, "Learning to Fly." So that's how I discovered Elton John and Pink Floyd. Not like getting high and listening to "Dark Side of the Moon" in like an attic, and not like because like how do people usually discover Elton John? I feel like you hear Rocket Man or you saw Almost Famous and in the Tiny Dancer scene. I discovered Elton John and Pink Floyd by staying up late, pretending I had my own radio show, and then staying home sick from school watching VH1. VH1 at six years old and discovering like cheesy Elton John. And I'm not even going to say cheesy Pink Floyd because the 80s Pink Floyd is actually like my favorite Pink Floyd. I lo- well, it's not my favorite, but it's kind of my favorite. I, like, I'll take the 80s Pink Floyd over the 60s fucking psychedelic, like, where songs are literally just, like, squirrels eating a acorn or something. I'll take the 80s shit over the 60s stuff. I don't like the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know if I lost, like, a bunch of followers, followers with that statement, but I just, I, I can't, I can't, like, get into it. And I think I like that 80s Pink Floyd stuff because, by the way, it's it's amazing. It's It's... Like, you don't have Roger Waters, so you lose kind of the edge, but you still have the Gilmore, so you still have the me- like the mellow Pink Floyd, which is such a big part of it. That's why they're so good. It's the mellow, it's like the smooth, relaxing, like, mellowness, is mellowness even a word, of, of David Gilmore, and then the hard edge of Roger Waters, and they just come together to create this amazing thing. But... When Roger Waters left, you still had just that like it's not like a like a, it's not like a yacht rock soft rock thing. It's just David Gilmore's so good at guitar, he can kind of carry it. Um, so I was into that, and that was how I discovered that. But the first time I stayed home sick as a like as a bigger kid, so going into the nineties, I didn't know what Sports Center was, and I I don't think I knew what the Price Is Right was. And that first time I got the flu, I think maybe the eighth grade. Um, I was like, what is this sport highlight show? Like I knew what ESPN was, but I was like, what the hell's this? They, they just play highlights. Cause I love sports highlights. Like they catch you up on everything that happened the night before. And, and you actually realize, wow, that's fuck. Like there's this many sports that are going on at night. Cause you only see one or two games. This was back in the nineties before we had like every sports channel. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot of fucking sports going on at night, every night, um, especially in the winter. You have, I mean, you have the basketball, hockey, pro, pro basketball, college basketball, hockey, 
maybe some, I guess that was really it, but still there's so many of those games going on. And then the price is right happens. It's like, man, I got to get sick more often. This show's great. And then, and then, and then, you know what? And then you'll watch like the local news that comes on at 12. It's like, all right, I can watch that. And then as soon as that local news ends, that sick day just fucking sucks. Like, then that because the, then then you gotta buy uh, you gotta wait until like a home improvement rerun comes on later because um, it's all uh it's all um what am i thinking of uh it's all soap operas and it sucks it's not <laughs> those i could never get into those things as a kid as an adult and they're still going on um they are still going on man the spaceship just got butt slammed um I will say this, uh, the movie, our movie, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, probably the one line that I came up with that I was most proud of was when the Interpol agent, Frank Grillo, uh, realizes that a drill has been stolen. And he's like, I haven't, last time I saw a drill that big, Bruce Willis was digging into an asteroid. And uh, I was proud of that one. <laughs> um, and it made it into the movie. So shout out to me. But um, yeah, is this early on in the movie or later? Okay, so this is kind of later. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was, but the people's court, man. I guess it's Judge Wapner dead. <laughs> I mean, that was like the classic bit in Rain Man. Um, Judge Wapner. Let's see. I, I'm sure he's dead. I feel like he was 80 when that show was still going on. Um, yeah, he checked out. Uh, 2017, rest in peace. Uh, that was just such an iconic, like, 80s show. Um, and then, you know what, I could never get into like, the, cause then there was like the Ricky Lake and maybe if I had been a, and like the Jerry Springer, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean the Jerry Springer was good. Um, but, uh, I don't remember the Jerry Springer being of uh, the Jerry Springer. I don't remember him being on, I forget when did he come out. I feel like he came on in like 97 and I got sick in 95. So it's amazing. I wonder what it is now. Like when kid, you know what? Now fuck it. When kids stay home from sick, they're just on their phone all day. Um, that's like the COVID. When we were all stuck inside during COVID, and I wasn't working. It was all. I mean, you turn your. You were watching the President Trump press press conferences, which were just the gift that kept on giving. Uh, but it, you had the phone. You had the internet. So. I wasn't really, and they clearly weren't doing live, uh, uh, they weren't doing live tapings of the prices, right? So, uh, thank God we had phones and the internet. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I'm back. I'm back. I had a wedding in Oregon on Friday and I was supposed to fly out on Thursday, but my flight got canceled and I was actually going to do this. Uh, I don't know why I didn't cause I had a lot to rant about, but I think I just kind of was like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to take a break. But I, uh, I've, I haven't had a flight get canceled in like ages. Um, so it started off as I was supposed to fly out at one then it got changed to five and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll get some work done. I actually wasn't that mad. I'll get my, my flight will be at five. I'll get into Portland at like six thirty seven. all ready to have like a nice like Portland night just filled with like, uh, I don't know, um, like uh, a cocktail with the, or- <laughs> with the burned orange peel and meet my friend for dinner. But then my flight got can't, but got delayed till six, so I wasn't going to get until nine. So I was like, uh, I guess that's a Domino's <laughs> night as soon as you get into the uh, get into the hotel room. And then and then my flight and then I saw I got a text and my flight got delayed until 9 a.m. the next morning, which actually wasn't going to fly because, uh, the wedding, it was just gonna, it was going to be too, it was going to be cutting it too close. But then that flight got canceled. I was like, whoa, like Delta, like what? I don't know what Delta was doing. They, uh, it was like the Delta variant. <laughs> I don't know what it was. They were just asleep at the wheel. They had the brain fog. They had it all. Uh, they just were having an off day. Um, so I had to take Alaskan airlines and got, I got up there. I had to get up at 3am, which is just uh, <laughs> like, that's the worst because you get, because here's the thing. I go to bed late. I can't help it. I could literally have the biggest meeting of my life. And it's at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. And I would still go to bed at like 1230 or one. I like I can't help it. Um, I think because I go to bed late, 
that that's just what my that's what my body and brain is doing so even though i have to get up early my body and brain is still like well i don't know that so i still go to bed late so i literally i got three hours of sleep and three uh, and like classic la there's like there's like airport traffic that early it sucked It, it, it just sucked but i was gonna do a pod um, cause again, I had a lot to rant about, but, um, but I didn't, I gave you guys the week off, uh, and it gave me time to paint the cabins and change the linens on uh, the beds and for the new batch of campers that came in, um, this week. So yeah, here we are. We're back. Um, okay. So I think they're about to draw straws to see who goes into the, uh, into the asteroid and Bruce Willis obviously loses that. Oh no. Ben Affleck loses and then Bruce Willis takes a straw. Um, so yeah, so shout out Alaska Airlines, man. You you think that that's just one of those like shit spirit airlines? Like not at all. Alaska Airlines, the 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 flight attendants are very friendly. They're not trying to tell jokes. I don't know. Is that still going on? Flight attendants telling jokes because that was literally JetBlue in the in the mid aughts were just like firing off jokes during uh, airplane rides. And like, I know they're trying to relax you, but it's actually not that relaxing because the jokes, I don't know. The jokes just sucked. Uh, the fucking, it's like the jet blue collar comedy tour um, was uh, they, they were so annoying. Uh, maybe it was just the New York bound or the New York flights. I don't know. It was, it was brutal, but the, the Alaskan airlines, they don't, they're not telling jokes um it's like super clean which is like i feel like alaska is kind of clean like they, they kind of capture alaska really really well um which i feel like most i feel like most that's kind of like what most airlines do like alaska seems so clean like alaska airlines really captures that um clean air even though i, I was wearing my mask which i know you don't have to but i'm i'm just so, i'm so fresh off of covid that i was like Look, I know I got like protection, but I still like, you're still that like it's so close. You're in such close quarters, but apparently there's these filters that can zap uh, <laughs> the the virus in the midair. Who the fuck knows? I just it was too it was a little too close for comfort, so I just wore my mask. What like whatever, but um, you know I noticed something, and I've always noticed this. Like people who get first class seats. <laughs> for like an hour and a half flight like that always seemed i ever ever since i was little and I, you walk past the first class and you're flying literally no more than two hours it's like you you, you can't like shelf your self-importance for two hours i mean obviously i know they, they someone has to buy those seats um but you look through and it's i it's so I can't take it seriously that the, and I, I'm not knocking first class. I love first class, but I could never like talk about a waste of money. But again, the seats are there. So, you know, somebody has to, someone has to buy them, but it just feels so, you like can't really enjoy it. I mean, look, flying sucks. I don't care if it's a half hour flight or, or a 30 hour flight. Flying sucks, but there's just that I could never justify getting a first class seat unless, unless like I got the, like the, the, they upgraded me and it's like, Oh yeah, of course. Like you're definitely going to take it, but it's just, it's a weak flex. It's like renting a Ferrari, uh, to fucking go to the grocery store down the street. I don't, maybe that's a stupid, um, the stupid, uh, <laughs> comparison. It's just, there's something about it that is just, week i don't know it's better first class is so much better on those cross-country flights or those international flights where you literally your your chair like turns into a bed i mean first class is amazing but i don't know i those people taking first class for a little short flight is, is like such a jackass move um like great you, <laughs> i mean i don't know it just i always kind of got a laugh out of out of that that um that uh i remember i took i had to fly from syracuse to new york city one time and kira sedgwick the actress was um was on the flight and of course she's in first class but it's kira sedgwick I, you know it's kira sedgwick it's uh, it's kira sedgwick um it's kira sedgwick so i like you know i get it but it just feels very uh it's just fucking stupid i think um so yeah, what is this? Um, oh, better call Saul. i gotta watch better call Saul because it seems like it's wrapping up it is wrapping up 
And I always, my whole thing about that show was I was always so like, I wanted to see the moment where he becomes Saul and like, you're ready for it, but they really make you wait, wait for it. Um, I thought that, I thought like that first season was going to end and they were going to, um, like, I thought that first season was going to end and he was really going to start to transition um, from, from Jimmy, whatever the fuck his name is to Saul Goodman. And they really stretched that out. But I mean, I guess they had to, if they, if they ended the first season on it, then there would really wouldn't be much of a show, but I thought the show was going to be mostly him as Saul. And it's really not that until what seems like uh, these past couple seasons. So I don't know. I should watch that. Um, are you guys watching? <laughs> um, so yeah. So Oregon, shout out to Oregon. Uh, I had never been and it's fucking beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. And I didn't get, I, I wasn't able to get in. Uh, uh, one of the things I was pissed off about was I was staying in a hotel that seemed like it kind of seemed like a record player in the, in the hotel room hotel, which I feel like in Portland is like all of them. I feel like you stay in a days in, they probably have a record player in there. Um, but it, it seemed like one of those. And I made that starter pack and I was dying to see what this one was going to be like. So I, I didn't get to experience that, but my friend checked in that I was supposed to meet there. And he was like, Oh, like, so the first thing you do when, when I checked in, uh, it was one of those hotels where, and I actually kind of like this, uh, you check in and the bar is right there r- waiting for you. And the, so you basically, while you're checking in, you can get a drink, which I think is great. Um, I think it took him way too long to have that, uh, have that, uh, feature, but apparently the guy checking my friend in had like a flip up hat and under the brim, it just said fucker. It's like, it's, that would never fly at any hotel, but because it's in Portland and it's, it's like a hipster spot, they can really get away with it because honestly, they, I got to hand it to hipsters. Like, I don't like them, but they really know how, like they lay down a good dinner and good cocktails and the hotels are like, they're, they're fun. Like they keep it interesting. Like the, usually the hotels are clean and, and they are nice. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the tricky side of the hipster dumb is that they, they're so fucking annoying, but like they do, they do kind of get it right with like food and, uh, like hotels and cocktails, like burning the orange peel. Like the, the cocktails are usually pretty good. I, I hate that they're that good because like you, you check into a hotel and it's like any other year that would never work. Um, like it just wouldn't, but this guy's got fucker and, and anybody staying there probably thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. Um, and I'm so pissed that I didn't get to see it. I probably would have honestly probably would have gone up to my room and like canceled dinner with my friend and just fired up dude, done a pod on my phone. Cause I just, I wish I'd seen that. Uh, only, only in Portland, I guess. And probably Austin, um, Met, probably not LA. Uh, see, I don't know that LA has a lot of hipster hotels. LA has, LA is weird with hotels. LA is either like the dumpiest, shittiest, sketchiest stop and fuck motels or like of Ritz Carlton. There's really not a lot of in between in, in uh, hotels in LA. They are, they are literally the seediest. They are the, there's the sketchiest motels in LA with, with great signage, like hotels that have been around forever or like just, I mean, all the hotels in Beverly Hills are these just beautiful, uh, places with like, just uh, they're, they're, they're beautiful hotels. There, there really isn't maybe, maybe I, I don't know about it cause I, I live here. <laughs> I don't have to stay in them often, but I don't know that there's a, I don't know that the hipsters have really, I don't know that they've, yeah, there's not a lot of hipster hotels or, or maybe there are, and I just don't know about them, but, um, I can't hate on them. Like they're, they're, they're kind of lame, but I don't know. They, I, they kind of get it right a little bit. Um, I mean, granted, I'm just as happy in a holiday in express as I in, in a, uh, in a fucking, um, like Ritz Carlton. I just, I just, I don't care, but I, yeah, I'm rambling now, but oddly it was weird. I stayed in kind of a shady hotel in Oregon and I've never seen this in a hotel in my life, but it, it, the thing is the, the, the hotel was the, the, actually it wasn't, it was a motel. This was not a, ho- a hotel you walk into. It was a parking lot. And the rooms are exposed, but it was, uh, 
I, I'm laying in bed watching TV and I look up and there's like my room had an attic and it had a, 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 a probably a let's say a 12 by 12 square like attic door that like I pushed up into and there was like an attic. I've never seen that. That's how sketchy my motel was. Um, like the room was actually nice and comfortable, but this attic door, like what, like that's that, I don't know. That felt kind of weird and not that safe. Um, but, uh, but I made it out. I made it out. Um, so yeah, so that's going on. All right. They're on the asteroid, uh, digging in. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, if you, uh, I watched that. Okay. So I started watching that show, the bear, um, because literally that's all anybody's kind of talking about. Um, and, and it's good. And, and I, I actually know Brandon and I worked with the creator of it and it's good. Uh, it, it is a good show. Uh, my one complaint is like, I'm sorry. And this has been a complaint of mine for a while. I can't get into the calling chef, the chef, like calling a chef, chef. I, I, I can't, I don't know what made would make me feel like a bigger asshole, like, <laughs> like getting a first class seat for a two hour flight or calling a chef, chef. I, I can't do it. Like I can be complimentary of a chef. Cause I think when you're a really good chef, it, it's their artists. I mean, what they, what, what they do with food is, is extraordinary and they deserve all the praise and all the money that they get because, and I also know how hard it is. And this, the show, the bear shows you how hard it is. And I mean, I already had a pretty general idea. Like, that kitchen world seems like a fucking nightmare. Uh, like it really does. Um, and so I, I, uh, I respect like what chefs do from a, from like an artistic culinary aspect and just how brutal that, that world is. But I, I, I still can't call it. I will never call a chef chef. I can't do it. I suppose if I worked in a kitchen, I probably would have to, but like, like what you get fired if you don't call them chef. It just, there's something so pompous about it. Like, like I understand, like you call a doctor doc or doctor, like thanks doc or thanks doctor. Like I get that. Cause I mean, they're cutting into a brain. <laughs> like they are t- removing tumors and like, they can like put a camera in through like your stomach and send it into like your testicle. If you have testicular cancer and like cut it out. I mean, that's, amazing like i like so like oh thank you doctor thanks doc like chefs are just cutting into fennel (laughs) and i mean like and again i'm not trying to downplay how like like the importance of what they do they're making food and they're making it really well and it's a great experience and it's something that you talk about and like it's like a great movie or a great song like what they do is great but i mean you're not going around after a show being like thanks musician i i can't do it or like 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 thanks plumber <laughs> i mean what what plumbers do is fucking isn't easy i mean like they're they're digging up your floor and like fixing your pipes so that you can take a shit or that you can have hot water that's huge i'm not being like oh thank you plumber or like what do you think molly <laughs> she agrees i i i can't do it i there's something so arrogant about it and i I'll say thank you and, and hey, compliments to the chef. Compliments to the chef, not compliments to chef. I, I'm sorry. Like, I guess maybe, I guess maybe it's just, it's just a thing in the kitchen because I mean, I feel like, I feel like other, I feel like non kitchen staff people <laughs> call chefs chef. There's definitely people out there that call chefs chefs that aren't in a kitchen or a cook themselves or there, there definitely are. I feel like this isn't just a kitchen thing. I, I can't do it. I'm sure like all my chef listeners are going to fucking Gab's going to get hate mail or like, I won't be able to eat at the restaurant anymore, but I'm sorry. Like I can't do it. Like, like think about that. And it's funny cause you can only do that. Like imagine doing that to a waiter being like, thanks waiter. That would be so disrespectful and also actually it's funny i remember brandon and i had a meeting one time for one of our scripts and we went into the studio and um you see it i'm not going out yet good girl we we had a meeting and this really bitchy secretary was like she she called the uh the guys that we were there to meet and meet with and she was like oh the writers are here like that was such a disrespectful thing to say instead of being like hey brandon and philip are here because you fucking see our names on the on the 
on the on the schedule. You know we're here. You can't say Brandon and Philip are here or the Murphys are here. You have to say the writers are here. Like it wasn't endearing. Um, but but I mean, it was as soon as you get into a kitchen, every, like the, the thanks chef and yes chef. I, like it really and the bear really really overdoes it. And I feel like now we're going to get a bunch of people calling chefs, chef, chef. Like it's going to be really, it's going to be, it's going to get out of hand. I really think that it will be, but this is why the bear is good. It's good because the story's good. The acting's good. The writing's good. The, the directing's good. Like they really nail, like in the beginning, it kind of, it's kind of hard to settle into it because it's really fast paced and like really quick cuts. But again, I think that's like kitchen life. It's very, like it's going at a very, uh, is it is frenetic the word? Uh, like it's like, it, I think it's like a grueling experience and it's quick and you got to be on your toes. So I think that's why that first scene was filmed like that. Uh, so it took a sec to settle into, but I'm only three episodes in. So I obviously have a lot to watch, but um, th- so they, when a, when a show kind of does that, when you, when you watch a show and you take what they do in the show, and you do it or you say it, that's the sign of a great show. And that's why it works. It's the same thing with the Sopranos. Like I I feel like people were always having friends over to watch the Sopranos and like, you're cooking a big chicken parm dinner or like people having your friends over to watch Mad Men and you're like drinking scotch and smoking cigarettes. Um, like what's another one? Game of Thrones. (laughs) The people just liked Game of Thrones. Although no Game of Thrones, everybody's naming their kid Khaleesi. You know, like that's, that's the thing. Um, and that's why, that's why the bear is popular and works. Cause it, you, you, you can take something from that. And I'm sure a ton of really, uh, lame white people or all races are just like, you're going to be hearing that all the time. They're going to just gonna be calling chef, chef. And, uh, we didn't need more of that. <laughs> it already bothered me. And now, uh, now we have to endure, endure more of that. But yeah, call, uh, that you i'm trying to think what other professions um i get you know what it does i guess it just works the best with chef and doctors but doctor gets the doc like oh thanks doc um because like thanks surgeon yeah see that just sounds weird um oh thanks barista like that would be so insulting you could never get away with that they'd be like get the fuck out of here i'm glad i i'm glad i ruined your name when i called it out um yeah, but I, you know, but I feel, I can't, I feel like chefs, if you don't call them chef, see, I feel like if you don't call them chef in the kitchen, they're going to be pissed. And if you don't call, oh man, you know what? Long story short, I would hate working in a, in a kitchen. And you know what? Actually, I was a chef. My first job at a college, this idiot Irish pub owner, uh, there was this Irish pub in my neighborhood that I would go drink at a lot. And I asked him, you know, I'm new in New York City. I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. And, you know, I needed money. So I went there. I'm like, hey, if you need any any help around the restaurant, like, let me know. I'll do anything. I'll clean the floors if you want. So he was like, oh, okay. uh, What about the kitchen? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll clean the kitchen. He's like, no, no, no. As a cook, my first job, what the fuck is that? My first job out of college was as a chef and you know what? Fuck. I, so call me chef. Cause I, I actually was, I should start demanding people call me that I was a chef on the weekends and the menu was simple. It was like tuna melts, burgers, fries, uh, chicken wings, which is actually where I learned how to make chicken wings. But I didn't, I learned how to actually make the stuff in the kitchen, but I didn't learn. I just completely whiffed on when we got a lot of orders I was way in over my head. I mean, I was ruining burgers and ruining tuna milk. I was ruining everything. Food that's like you really need to suck to ruin. I mean, it, it's not like I. It's not like I, did, I had to poach something. <laughs> like I wasn't cooking with like foie gras or whatever. I, it was very straight down the middle pub food, and uh, I was just butchering it. And he was like, "All right, that 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 didn't last." And then he put me behind the bar, and that didn't last. I was not cut out for. I was not cut out for to working 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 in a restaurant kitchen whatever, uh, but technically I was a chef. So you know, when you see me out out in the street, you know, call me chef. <laughs> I would really appreciate that. Um, what are the other? I'm trying to think. What are the other jobs where you can call? It really is just chef, um, banker, <laughs> you know, a teller. Oh god. Yeah, I'm not into it. Not I'm not into it um, at all. 
Um, so that's it. But, but, but I recommend the bear. It, it is good. It, it is good. Um, like vet, like I had to go to the vet yesterday. You can't say thanks vet, even though they're like saving my dog's life. Like they deserve it more than chefs. Um, but that fucking vet, I swear to God, like I literally, you go in there, you bring your dog in there. Like Molly has a wart on her ear, right? Molly, you don't like that wart on your ear, do you? She's got a wart on her ear, which is, which is nothing. And I wanted them to just to check it just to make sure it wasn't anything serious. Cause it, it's like this big thing, but I kind of knew it wasn't a big thing. It looks like a wart. Um, and, uh, that's such a gross word. <laughs> um, wart is literally a disgusting word and a disgusting thing. Like they got it right on that one. Um, they got it right there. Uh, so, um, what was it? Uh, oh yeah. So I go to the vet and all, all I needed, all I needed was for them to be like, yes, that's a wart. Give it another month and let's and and then bring her back. If it doesn't go away, then bring her back and we'll we'll cut it off because it, it might just fall off on its own. And then literally like the rundown of like, well, her gums are growing over a little bit. Do we want to take care of that? No. Well, okay, she's got a heart murmur. Uh, okay, she's had a heart murmur since the, literally the day I've got her. What level is it at? Oh, it's at one. Okay, so that's not a bad thing. But they literally want you to do everything. It's like the dentist. Like vets and dentists are just out to just like ransack your fucking bank account because they just they go down and she's literally going down the list to be and she's like okay like what else i'm like there's literally nothing else the warts nothing serious phone call over okay oh she's got some vaccines coming up all right yeah okay let's do one of the vaccines today cool oh by the way now grain-free diet isn't good for dogs so you might want to buy our food it's like for the love of fucking god like do you want, do you just want my dog? Just take my dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I see, like seriously, they, the vets are great. I, I respect and love vets, but I mean, damn, I'll be damned if they aren't fucking They're They're just, they're shysty and, and it sucks because they, it shouldn't be like that. Like they, they're like some of the best doctors out there because they, you know, they, what they do for dogs and cats, but my God, they fucking, they love those high bills. They love them. Um, they love those high bills. All right. So now they're getting ready to, uh, this would be an insane thing to be working on. Like you're literally on an asteroid arguing. You're on an asteroid arguing with NASA down on, on the ground about what to do. Cause now, now it's like they're about to, uh, authorize the nuke with them st- all still on the asteroid. And you're arguing with a guy on an asteroid who's got a gun to your head, who's taught, and you're arguing with Billy Bob Thornton on the ground. Like, wow, this fucking movie. I think that's why people hate this movie is because it just gets so absurd. But like, we're talking about uh, drilling into an asteroid. Aren't we already at the point of absurdity? Um, but seriously, it's so funny. Like gun on asteroid. There, there had to be a gun set piece on this asteroid. That's great. Um, so yeah, um, bup, 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 bup. God, I saw a great movie last night, uh, at the new Beverly, um, which I didn't know existed. You know, it's funny. Like we, we grow up at like, it's always funny when like, okay. So the first time I ever saw Richard Gere and something was pretty woman, like as a, as a kid, it's like, Oh, that's Richard Gere. And then when you discover, like, I just thought Richard Gere just appeared somewhere <laughs> like, Oh, this is this guy. Cause in, in pretty woman, he's, I don't know what, like. 45 50 maybe um but it's like oh this is richard gear okay he i like you know you don't know what what those other movies are and then like when you start to go into their older movies that guy i mean officer and a gentleman's great american gigolo is great i saw this movie last night called breathless uh which is a remake of the 60s movie the french 60s movie the godard movie breathless which is like one of the most famous uh 60s one of the most famous french movies um And so I didn't know that there was a remake to that movie. I mean, not, it's pretty rare that you would remake a French movie, like, especially like a classic French movie. It's just kind of, it's, it was, it's weird. I was like, wow, that, like that, I would never think that to read that they would, that would be a remake of that movie. Those movies are just like so sacred kind of like those classic foreign films. But, um, although you could say like there is the magnificent seven, which is a remake of, um, 
what is it? Lay Samurai or, or some Kurosawa movie. But anyway, and then of course they remade that. But uh, so yeah, so Breathless was with Richard Gere. So I've been going to the New Beverly. I think the first time I went there was in 2006, 17. And every time I'm there, there's a, there's a, there's a poster of Breathless, of the Richard Gere version. And I'm like, why out of all... Because Quentin Tarantino has a lot of um, his movies, movie posters there, and they have a lot of the posters of movies that are coming up uh, in that, in the, on the month schedule. But there's a massive Breathless poster in the main room. And I was always like, of all the posters, like, why that one? And now, then I learned apparently it's one of Tarantino's favorite movies. And then last night it played, and I now I know exactly why that poster is at the New Beverly. This movie is so good, and I'd say watch it, but it, you, you, like fuck, it's it, you got to see it in a theater if you can. I mean, it's so good, and, and like I've never so like this is going back to my point that I was making about Richard Gere, like. I've never seen Richard Gere like this. Like now Richard Gere plays kind of a lot of like pretty stodgy, like kind of stiff, like not that fun. I mean, I haven't really seen him anything like where he's like that fun. He's off his rocker. And I mean, he's in a new gear. <laughs> he's in a completely the, I don't know what gear this is. This is like 15th gear. What I've never seen him. I mean, he's, he plays such, a fucking goofball and goon and scumbag and sleaze like all rolled into one. And he does something in the beginning of the movie, like really awful. He kills a cop, which I mean, for some people they wouldn't give a fuck, but like, like, and, it, and it's an accident, but it's still just like, I like the, when, when that happens, you're like, wait a second, like, whoa. Um, but you still kind of love him because he's, he's just like, he is such a fucking clown. Like, I swear to God, I've never, I've never seen this gear ever. I do not know what gear this was, but, uh, he, 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 he switches and it's, it's, it's great. I've like, it's, it's great. And you see some early Tarantino, uh, influences. Like I almost like the, it's at one point, like he reminded me a little bit of like, uh, Christian Slater and true romance because like Christian Slater and true romance is all about like Kung Fu movies. And I think uh, he works at a comic book store and in this Richard Gears character is, uh, is obsessed with the silver surfer, uh, comic book character. Um, which is, that's just like, so, so like I was like, Oh, that f- just feels like Clarence and true romance. And then there's a few moments in the movie where he's, he's like, literally the movie is, He's this Vegas criminal, steals a car, drives to Vegas or drives to L.A. While he's driving to L.A., kills a police officer, gets to L.A. because he's trying to track down this French girl that he had like a one night stand with in um, Vegas. And he's in just in love with this girl and he wants to get her, get the last bit of money, steal some money <laughs> and take her to Mexico, which it's, it's always Mexico that they want to go to. Um, and, uh, and he's just a fucking total clown and it's great. But, um, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments of him running around and driving around LA where that like, um, that like surf rock, uh, is playing like that, that Tarantino uses a lot in Pulp Fiction. Let me see if I can, what's the band that does that? Is it Ram Jam? No, that does. They do Black Betty. Um, fuck what is that uh shit what is that song um you 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 know what i'm talking about it's uh what is it what is it what is it what is it uh it's like this shit but it's not this song it's like in the or is it the live ones it's like this stuff um that's playing and i'm like oh that's where tarantino got uh kind of got was inspired to put this in Pulp Fiction um it's it's that like it's that like is it like what is it like psychedelic surf rock whatever whatever fucking genre it is it's that style it's that like guitar um yeah like surf rock I guess um and that's in there and no I mean you you that's what's great about the new Beverly you see there's been so many times where it's just like oh my god like that's clearly where he was inspired to put that in that and uh yeah, that's what's fun about it. Um, and I accidentally switched to... Uh, I lost Armageddon. Um, fucking Shark Week. Like, it, it, we're still... I'm going to put on some of this shark thing here. Uh, shark Week's still going on. 
haven't we learned i thought like haven't we learned everything about sharks like what is there i mean they are fascinating but what is i'm just trying to figure out like what shark week continues i feel like it's been i feel like it never ended um and you know the discovery channel just loves that d logo with the bite out of it they love that um I just don't know what we what they're con, what they're still trying to figure out about sharks that they haven't eat yet. Even though Shark Week's literally been going on since it was always the thing in college that you would like take a bong hit to and then just watch because I guess it is relaxing. But I don't know like what what it, what do we not know? Um, I was surprised to see that it's still going on, but I guess it really never gets old. Like a guy goes in a cage and has sharks swimming around. Now they have cages that are shaped like sharks. Wow. I get, you know what? Just keep it going. Cause they, th- that's, that's why they're continuing to find different ways to go down in the water and be with sharks. Um, okay. That is actually kind of cool. It's this cage with this guy in it. And there's like, a, there's like a dorsal fin and the fin that sticks out of the water. Okay. That's kind of cool. Um, where was that in jaws? <laughs> um, Okay, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it. It's you know what it is. It's just peaceful, even if it's on in the background. It's just a, like watching sharks swim is very peaceful, um, and they're coming around just like, all right, who's this guy? Um, what are they gonna do here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess if you're in a cage, it's probably kind of fucking exhilarating being down there. May, maybe, maybe. I'm not signing up anytime soon, but like. I guess there's no way that shark's going to get into that cage. Yeah, I, okay, I get it. I guess it's kind of cool. Um, okay, 46. I think that's all I got, guys. Uh, so let's uh, get into some shout-outs here. Uh, let's see what we got. Yeah, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. What do we got? Um, all righty, here we go. Um, you know what I'm going to do in honor of the summer... And it's summer tour for a lot of bands, and it's summer tour for a lot of jam bands. I'm going to give shout-outs to all the jam band meme pages out there that follow me. I appreciate you guys following me. It's always fun. I mean, I get the humor because I'm a Grateful Dead fan and a Fish fan. Uh, you guys might not all get it, but these are good pages, and I always enjoy their content. Uh, so here we go. Um, hey, shout-out John Fish meme. Shout-out. Uh, hey, oh, that's Tarantino talking. Uh, shout out to uh, Lotmart. Shout out. Um, hey, shout out. I have fishies. Shout out. Um, hey, shout out. Heady Net. Shout out. And then I thought there was one more. Uh, shout out. Uh, shout out. Funk your face. Shout out, guys. Thanks for supporting the page. Thanks for bringing the fish content and the Grateful Dead content. And I hope you're having fun on summer tour because I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you run a fish meme page, you are basically going to every fish show, which I um, I can respect that. Um, and I think that's it. It's good to be back at camp. I missed. I didn't. I didn't like missing that week. But um, n- new sponsor alert. Uh, we might have a new sponsor coming up. I as you know, I'm not using. I'm not doing the CBD, the Pachamama CBD ads. Um, uh, you know what? Full disclosure, I never used <laughs> the CBD. Uh, Brandon tried it. He was the one that was using it. I never used it. I was kind of like bullshitting my way through that. And I'm, uh, I'm apologize <laughs> that I was, uh, that I was, uh, you know, misleading you guys. But here's the thing. I didn't, I knew that it was a good product. It's not like, I, and, and Brandon used it and he, he was vouching for it. But I might have a new sponsor and it's something that I do use and that I do believe in that I really, really love. And I just got to iron some things out with, uh, with my friend whose company it is. Um, basically it's like that tushy, like tushy. Like when I went on that bidet rant, like it's always better when it's something that you actually use. Um, so I actually use this stuff and it kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand with camp. So, uh, stay tuned on that. And, uh, you know, we got to iron things out. I got to have my lawyers look at the contract. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so we're going to, uh, we're, that's going to happen soon. Uh, I'll let you know, but it, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Good to be back. Sorry about, sorry you guys had to uh, miss a week, but uh, this is how it goes. And I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.